one of the most listened to episodes and the one that people contact me the most for is the episode about moral compass work. Personality is a mix of temperament and character development. We're born with intense temperaments. Some of us are hyperbolic, overly sensitive, a combination of all of those things. Intense. And character development is something that we would have had to have had somebody focus on deliberately in order to help us grow into someone who was intense but not dysfunctional. So, my personality had been dysfunctional for many, many years. In order to come out of that dysfunction, I had to be ready, I had to be willing, and I had to be able. And I was not able until I was able to choose to look at what my core values are. Who am I? And to start to engage in character development. Character development is unpopular in this culture. Being honest is unpopular. Oftentimes, having a podcast where I'm talking about things that are unpopular is hard. But I'm okay with that. Not everyone needs to agree with me. And I'm just one voice. But I know that it's unpopular. I also know that character development, it saved me. Because when things happen in my life, hard things, when adversity comes up, I have a moral compass. Remember, back when that episode came out, I talked about my 10 core values. Integrity, honesty, loyalty, courage, self-discipline, forgiveness, choosing joy, selfless service, humility, and kindness. Those are my 10 core values, and they remain as such today. I went from being chaotic and lost to being stable and convicted in my core values, in my moral compass. I know what I stand for, even in the face of adversity. So what I wanted to do today is tell you about the adversity that we've been facing in our lives. And I wanted to tell you what happens to me when bad things happen. When someone hurts me, what do I do? Or just when disaster strikes. It is pretty disastrous, even though it sounds a lot like a hyperbole. So today, I'm going to share with you why my podcasts have not been released weekly. And I'm going to share with you what's been going on and how I've been able to remain the same person that I was when I first started recording this podcast, the same person that I am or was before the adversity began. I'm the same yesterday. I'm the same today, and I'll be the same tomorrow, no matter what happens. And I want to share that with you guys so that you can see that moral compass work is so necessary. We have to know what we stand for.
I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. So, I'm sure you've noticed if you're a, a listener that I haven't released an episode consistently in a little while. Around about beginning of summertime, I got this idea in my mind, and that idea was I wanted to start to redo a little bit of our kitchen. Our house is awesome. It is not fancy. It is just on a very beautiful piece of land. And being able to go outside and play with the dogs and just be a a family that is outdoors, enjoying nature, gardening. Um, I mean, we just do all kinds of stuff outside. We have basketball net. We like to play sports and just connect with each other and connect with our bodies and our spirituality in the world around us. Inside of our house is pretty old looking. So there's uh, this like beige tile with some burgundy in it. (laughs) Anyway, I just got this idea in my head. I wanted to paint my cabinets. I wanted to DIY. I wanted to have this bridge job where I was flipping houses. (laughs) I have big ideas. So I went with it. Unfortunately, a bridge job flipping houses is in my distant, distant, distant future that maybe one day that will happen, but it's not going to be anytime soon. So I started to paint the cabinets a little bit at a time, research what I would need to do. I wanted white cabinets, you know, and I did pretty well, but I also have a podcast and a business and I'm homeschooling and clients that I really care about and groups and things that are more important than painting a cabinet. So I started doing some of the cabinets and we had to, I had to move to, you know, painting in the basement and it's kind of dark in our basement because it's an unfinished basement. So it was very difficult to see what I was painting and there were drips on the cabinets and I hung them. And, you know, first of all, it took me months because I didn't, I didn't get to the point where I was able to paint the actual cabinet door fronts until, I don't know, midsummer. So then, you know, we end up like almost the end of the summer realizing that I can't do it. And I did start crying. I was upset for sure because I had worked really hard, at least I had thought, at painting these cabinets. I didn't do a very good job, though, of like making sure my environment was set up to paint them. So I was rushing a little bit through it, if I'm being fair. So anyways, we decide, you know what, let's just do it spring for someone not to remodel the whole kitchen, but to help with some of that cosmetic stuff. Just paint the cabinets basically and take out the Alice in Wonderland burgundy tile floor (laughs) that I was not liking. I had already removed the burgundy wallpaper and painted over the burgundy walls. So we just needed a little bit of help. Dot, dot, dot. Or so I thought. So We ended up hiring a local contractor who was, he had really great ideas. Honestly, he was going to knock down a wall and make the space bigger, which is great because I love having people over. I love cooking. I love entertaining. I was able to come to a place where I accept my Italian heritage. I'm Italian and I just 
I really love to feed people, which is where my love for food, I believe, comes from. So fellowship and hanging out with family and cooking and entertaining is important. So when we had people come out to, you know, offer support and help with the kitchen, that was something that was intriguing to me. So we end up hiring this individual and signed a contract, all of that. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it's very common. I did not know this. So this is, you know, new homeowner ignorance or maybe just because like life experience stuff. I didn't know. But contractor scams are pretty common where you get got. And so he starts doing some work, lots of unfinished projects, says he's going to be, he he would say, I'm going to come to your house tomorrow at 6 30 a.m and then he wouldn't show up we would wait all day he would say i'll be be there around three o'clock and he wouldn't we would be sitting there waiting and he wouldn't come or he'd say oh i can't make it at three i'm gonna be there at four and we'd be waiting and then he'd say i'd be there at five and we'd be waiting so anyway the end of the contract came work wasn't done and it we just yeah we got got so we had to go in a different direction let's just say So what does that mean for us? Well, it's adversive for a lot of reasons. We had decided when this individual came to change out the flooring in our entire living and kitchen area, and the rooms are connected. So we have, when you walk into our house, you can picture this a minute, there's a staircase after the foyer area, which is not so big, and there's a staircase. Then on one side, there's the living room that goes into the kitchen and the other side is our master bedroom. So that's just, there's just a door door there on the other side of the staircase. We have two German Shepherds and a Boston Terrier. The German Shepherds and the Boston Terrier, since September 30th, cannot go into any area of the house aside from the one bedroom and up the stairs. They can't go in the living room, can't go in the kitchen, right? So that's uncomfortable thing one. Uncomfortable thing two is that it is dusty. These individuals didn't respect their work or us, so they didn't tarp anything. So there's just dust. I've cleaned it, but it smells and it's dusty. I have some sensory issues around smells. I might have mentioned this before, but I don't like to eat when it smells weird. I definitely don't like to eat in the midst of dust from drywall. So that's thing two. Thing three is we were scammed. We got got. That's really difficult, right? Social justice issues. I used to go on huge platforms because of these issues. Fourth thing is that we don't really have a plan on what to do, or we didn't at the time. We think we do now. I'll get there, though. So the fourth thing is, is we're just, just drywall and dust and no oven, so can't cook, fourth thing. And no end in sight, fifth thing. Right? Another thing that happened during this time is that Lily got spayed. So Lily is our Boston Terrier. And she had spay surgery. I don't know what you know about Boston Terriers, but they are intense little puppies. And she's got to stay stationary in her little crate for 14 days. 
She can't go into the living room or into the kitchen. So the only place that she can go is into our bedroom and into her crate. Can't go up the stairs because if she goes up the stairs, her stitches will pop. Her best friend is our other puppy, Sentry. He's a German Shepherd puppy. So he can't play with her. So all day long, literally, these two are whining and barking and moaning and circling. And she's, you know, upset because she's confined to this space for 14 days. That ends next week, actually. Right? Okay. So we have this uh, issue with the dogs. Plus, she's not, she's spayed, so they can't play. Plus, we got scammed. So there's the injustice of it all. Plus, we can't cook. Plus, we can't, you know, have fellowship with each other. And we have this issue where we are just kind of looking at our house that's all disheveled and it's dusty. So we have, you know, I could, there are so many things that have just been happening and it's been since September, September 30th roundabout. It is, today is November 4th, 2021. We still have no really end in sight. There's a possibility that there might be someone coming out this afternoon to do the work, but people haven't been loyal to their word. So I have some good reason not to trust that. And even though I really want to, I don't like anymore being the kind of person that assumes that someone won't show up and that someone will cheat me or scam me. That was who I used to be. And I don't like the way that feels now. I do also have to be realistic about what I'm expecting of someone coming into our home in terms of contracting. So why am I telling you this? Well, I'm telling you this because I can see having borderline personality disorder or having had this sort of dysfunction, I can see the way I would used to act. I know exactly what I would have done if this happened six years ago. And I thought to myself, one, my audience deserves to know why I haven't been loyal to my word, because sometimes you can't do that when you have adversity and I haven't been able to. So I haven't been able to release that podcast weekly. Two, I wanted to let you know why moral compass is so important in the face of this kind of adversity. And three, I wanted to be able to give you a real life example of how when things hurt me, this is what I do. This whole podcast has been about my genuine journey and how I'm helping people. And I hear, I've been hearing a lot like, oh, you know, you're just so great and just so perfect. And I love that you guys think those things. I also want you to know that life isn't always just peaches and wonderful for me. But when bad things do happen, I don't know why I said peaches. That's funny. But when bad things do happen, I have that moral compass that I can fall back on. So I'm going to take every area of this current level of adversity and I'm going to go through how I apply my 10 core values to this scenario so that you guys can see how I do it and maybe that will help propel you if you're stuck in terms of moral compass work. Now, the second aspect of the difficulty of this kind of adversity is the fact that someone 
hurt us and our family and took from us. Boy, that's a really difficult thing to wrap my mind around. I mean, when I was in the throes of the chaos of BPD, when someone would take advantage of me, my first go-to was revenge. Revenge. Revenge is not even in my playbook anymore, guys. It, it's, it's not there. So what did I do? I mean, it wasn't easy for me when I realized that this is what was happening to us. Uh, Jay and LJ went on a retreat on the weekend that we knew that we had to go in a different direction. So they were away on a you know, father and son retreat. It's pretty cool. And so I was home and I just kept thinking to myself at first, like over and over again, like, how could, how could this happen? How could he do this to us? I just, why, why are people this cruel? Why are people this evil? Why? And it was like, I just was just like pacing back and forth thinking of this. And then I stopped pacing and I got out my phone and I went to my 10 core values list and I paused and I said to myself, okay, this isn't productive. I'm upset and I'm okay. That's okay. I mean, it's a valid thing. I'm valid. My feelings are valid. I validated myself and I'm like, you're okay to be upset right now. That makes sense. This is hurtful. And I also know what it's like to be cruel because I just told you a minute ago that revenge was my go-to. So I worked through that. I decided that I was going to take care of what we do have. So I spent that weekend processing my grief, my anger, and my pain by cleaning up what we have. I picked up as best as I could all of the, I'm well, it's hard to get all the nails out of a subfloor because there are some tile left, but for your, you know, just reference, they had left like a tarp in the middle of my living room. They had gotten paint on our couches. They had broken a table. There was, you know, nails and tarps and dirt and, you know, dust everywhere in that area of the home. So, I said to myself, I'm not going to be formed by feelings. I'm going to hold fast to what is true. I'm going to take care of what it is that we do have. I'm going to clean our our heating filter out so that way that dust doesn't filter throughout the home. I'm going to wipe down all the surfaces. I'm going to re-tarp and I'm going to throw out everything that is that needs to get thrown out. I'm going to make this house smell and feel like a home for when they come back. And I was scrubbing real hard, guys, because I was upset but I allowed myself to feel those feelings. And then I did one of the hardest things that a person can do when they're in the situation that I'm in. I let go. By the end of the weekend, it had taken me about three days to get through my grief, just cleaning and spending time with the dogs and listening to positive music and continuing to fulfill all of my responsibilities in life. I let go. I went to my core values and I looked at forgiveness and I thought, how am I going to forgive this guy? Well, that's a choice. So I chose to. 
I just thought about all the times that I had done revenge behaviors to people and I started mentalizing, meaning I started putting myself in their shoes. Like, what must it have been like for me to not show up to all to therapy appointments or, you know, to key a car of somebody when I was a real young kid? Or what would it have been like for that other person? Just, you know, all the things. I mean, I don't need to detail every list of grievance <laughs> or every list of uh, all the things that I've done wrong and cruel because I'm sure if you have BPD, you know, or if you're a loved one of someone that has it, you've experienced it. Now, is that comparable to what happened to us? I mean, I don't know. Sure, right? Evil is evil, no matter how you look at it. And revenge is evil. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But forgiveness is a choice. It means choosing to stop punishing the person that wronged you. So that's what I did. Choosing that. It's not my responsibility to take care of all of the evil in the world. Not this guy either. That's not up to me. That's too big of a scale for me. That has nothing to do with me. So I try to focus on what I do know. This individual has a child. I just thought, gosh, I really hope that that baby benefited from our loss. And that's what I'm focusing on. I hope that those children, especially the baby, I hope that they benefit from our loss. So what other moral compass value do I need now? Selfless service, joy, and humility. People go through stuff in life just like I did, just like you guys do. And even though that really hurt me, I got to lead with love. I cannot stop leading with love and forgiveness and humility and kindness just because I feel slighted. That's, I just can't do that. So it hurts for sure, and it's disappointing, and it's really sad. It's all of those things. Because I want to believe that people are inherently good, and I still do. I still do. Because I'm not going to apply the same mentality that to, to all people just because of this one incident. So, every day when those thoughts come back, because they do, they do. Happened yesterday. Went downstairs and Sentry, he's our German Shepherd puppy, he's getting big. I mean, he's six months old and he's going to be over 100 pounds. He's a tall boy. And he stands at the plywood that we've put up or that board, whatever it is, between the foyer where the door is, the living room and the kitchen. And he just watches me while I'm in the kitchen getting water, cleaning up or going down to the basement, do laundry. And gosh, I'm just watching this dog and he just starts crying because German shepherds are loyal to their owners. They just love being with you. So all he wanted was just to walk through to the kitchen to just sit there with me. That's all he wanted. But that was taken away from us. That ability to be able to be in fellowship and community with each other, Sentry and I and our family, it was taken away from us. So I got angry and I had an intrusive thought. And it was like, man, that, right? How could he do this? That's so cruel. That's so evil. 
four or five years ago, six years ago, what have you, I would have gotten so derailed by that. I would have had a tantrum, an episode, gotten rageful, called people, called the news station. I don't know, anything, anything to make him pay for what he did. But as soon as the thought came, I saw it, I noticed it, and I didn't judge myself for it because it is hard. I am a forgiving person. So I said, you know what? This will be over. We just have to keep pushing through it. And I looked at Sentry and I took him outside. And we played outside because I'm going to choose joy. I still have a beautiful lawn. With It's just, it's fall here. It's the country. Right now, if you hear a buzzing sound in the background, it's because there's a combine across the street cutting down the grain. So we went outside. So in the face of adversity, I'm not chaotic and lost internally. I'm stable and convicted. Even when there's chaos in my external environment. And I was able to work through all of that without Jay even being home. Because I am learning and have learned and will continue to learn how to be someone who has a stable character. I can't just change. I can't just wake up and just go back to being chaotic. That's that's a choice and I won't choose that. So even when someone hurts me and my family, I'm still forgiving. I'm still humble. I'm still kind. I still have those negative thoughts. But I watch them come and I replace them with rational counterstatements. Okay, so if I could separate this um, incident or this event into categories of adversity, the first category of adversity that I can really think of and convey to you guys is this disorganization. There's a transition, change, just like dust, right? So everything is very disorganized. I'm sitting in my our guest room recording this podcast and around me there are just books everywhere because there was a bookshelf that had to be dismantled. Everything had to be taken from downstairs. It's really tough to sit amongst disorganization. In addition to that, there's the transitions that have to occur where I have to be in a different office space, working in a different area. Also, there's a lack of routine and structure, and that's very inconveniencing. So all of these inconvenience, this lack of routine, this change, disorganization, structure, in the past, it would have taken the inward chaos that I feel, externalized that chaos, and been a perfect storm for a hospitalization. I used to hate this kind of thing. I don't think I would have ever even been able to tolerate buying a house and the distressing situation that you're put in when you have to buy a mortgage or, sorry, apply for a mortgage. I got through that. Never did I believe that I would be in a position where I cannot walk in most of my home without shoes because there's just subfloor and nails everywhere and dust everywhere. So had that been five years ago, I would be stressed out, taking my behavior and my stress out on the people around me, I would be tantruming, I would be upset, I would be all kinds of things. But 
I have to recenter and refocus myself. And my mantra that I've been using is, I will not be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. So I look at my 10 core values and I think, okay, I'm feeling distressed. What is the first thing that I'm going to go to? First moral compass value I'm going to is joy. Every day now that I wake up, I must self-reflect. So I've reinstituted gratitude practices into my day because I need to be able to choose joy. Remember that the definition of joy is choosing to be happy even when things don't go your way. Things are not going my way right now. Believe me, I thought that I would have a kitchen on October 24th. It's November 4th. I don't have anything even close to that. But you know what? I'm going to choose joy today and every day thereafter. And even if that means choosing joy moment to moment, because the bottom line is that I have a house. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I have to deliberately recall where I came from and where I'm going so that I can remember that I never believed that I would be even able to have this life. So if I'm capable of getting through the adversity of being hospitalized multiple times throughout my 20s, residential treatment centers, suicidal ideation, then there's no way that I can't get through a little bit of disorganization, a lot of disorganization in my home. And I have to choose that though, actively. It's it's hard. When I walk downstairs, I have to walk over a big board that separates the room in my house because my dogs will get hurt if they walk onto the living room or the kitchen floor because there are nails everywhere. These guys didn't clean up after themselves. It stinks. So every time I lift my leg over this huge piece of wood that we have there so the dogs can't push it down, I choose joy. At least I have a house. Seriously. And you know what? I'm the one who chose to want the kitchen remodeled, so I have to do that. What's the next value? Well, forgiveness. You know, I'm the one who wanted the kitchen done. I just said that, right? And then the past... When I would want something and it would cause a negative consequence, I would be unforgiving of myself, just so angry at myself and so hateful. I would just beat myself up and punish myself. But remember, the definition of forgiveness is to choose and to stop punishing the person that wronged you, even if that's yourself. So yeah, I made a mistake because I rushed in. And maybe that's why we ended up getting God. I don't know. But I forgive myself for doing that. And when I start getting to that place where I'm like, this is all my fault. Why did I have to want this? Why couldn't I just be happy with oak cabinets? I choose forgiveness. Because it's okay to make mistakes. And I also can promise myself, and I know with 100% certainty, that we will never be in this position again. Never. So I can go over to my moral compass and I look, what else do I need? What other value do I need right now? Courage. I need courage. I need courage to record this episode because I missed an episode last week. We had to figure out 
well, how are we going to get the materials for this project? It's, you know, how are we going to end up taking care of these dogs with the spay and the stitches for Lily, making sure that she doesn't pop them, which that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so I need courage to do the right thing, to keep choosing joy, to keep choosing forgiveness. I need to be brave. Sure, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen, but doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. What's the next thing that I need to do here? What is my next moral compass value that I need to make sure I'm deliberately aligning my everyday choices with? Integrity. Integrity is the next one. That's doing the right thing even when no one's looking. So why is integrity a thing? Well, you know when things go wrong and all you want to do is freeze the world around you and not do anything? Do you know how many times I woke up and I thought, I don't want to go to session. I don't want to work. I don't want to. I don't want to. Is that because I don't care about my clients? Not at all. It's because I wanted to. I had an impulsive inclination to press the freeze button in life so that I could sit around and do what? Yeah, just think, <laughs> just ruminate on the fact that my my life is in disarray. Our home, excuse me, is in disarray. But I did not do that. I have integrity. I'm not going to do that. That's so selfish. That has nothing to do with what I'm doing in my career, what I'm doing for people, nothing at all. So I showed up. I showed up. So those four moral compass values that are non-negotiable that I'm convicted in because of the disorganization and disarray in my home is choosing joy, forgiveness, courage, and integrity. The third and final aspect of this distressing situation is exactly that, stress. I'm stressed out. The dogs are stressed out. My husband is stressed out and my son is stressed out. I am right now living in a home with three stressed out dogs, one little Boston Terrier whose stitches popped because she's crazy, who's healing from her surgery, one German Shepherd who has hot spots she's never had before, who's on an antibiotic because she's stressed. Another German Shepherd who just keeps circling, <laughs> chasing his tail because he's bored and he's stressed and he misses his best friend Lily. A child who is being homeschooled but is stressed because, of course, children feel the stress of their parents. And a husband who's stressed because he knows he has to protect his family from this kind of thing. So he has to figure this out very quickly. And then there's me. <laughs> I'm stressed. It's heavy. It's heavy. You know, there was a time where Jay being stressed out and stress just in my environment and my partner, whatever, just my partner being stressed or having any kind of emotion was like, not okay. Not okay. Because I needed my needs taken care of. What about me? Me, 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 me. Having a household of stress means that I have to overcompensate to protect my family from any stress that I'm feeling. That's humble, right? 
I mean, I don't know if it's humble now that I said it. I think the way, the minute you say that you're humble, you stop being humble because humble means putting other people's needs before your own. But that's the moral compass value here because it takes more effort and work to meet the needs of the people in your home when your life is in disarray. So humility is the moral compass value for stress and joy and self-discipline. When there are a lot of stressors around you, you can choose. I could easily choose to cave so easily. Like I said before, I would love to just lay in bed and just lay there and feel sorry for myself and feel miserable. That would be feeding the impulsive drive to want to be this emotional person. And I'm not going to do that because I know what that looks like. I've lived that life already. I'm not going back. And I have free will. Borderline personality disorder isn't some monster that's going to come up and jump on my back because I'm convicted in who I am. So even though I'm stressed out and I would like to press a pause button and wallow and ruminate and brood and vent and all the things, I'm disciplined. So on my moral compass with stressors, I have humility. I have self-discipline. I have integrity, kindness, forgiveness, and joy. All of those come into play right now. So those are the things that keep me afloat, keep our family, our relationships afloat. Has it been perfect? Absolutely not. When I first saw Jay get stressed in this scenario, it had been a very long time since I've seen him this stressed. And I will admit to you guys, that is hard because I'm used to having someone who is stable and just chill all the time. But this was painful for both of us. It's painful to be blindsided by someone who is not loyal to their word. It's cruel and it hurts and it hurt him too. So I was like, what, you're stressed out? Are you kidding me right now? How can you be stressed out? You can't be stressed. You can't have emotions. So I had a moment and he was like, babe, this is stressful. You have to allow me to just be stressed the way that you are. And then we'll work together. You can't control how stressed I am and what I do with that. So true. So we worked through that. I had to work through that because I was getting into that space where I was wanting him to be the stability in the household. That's not going to happen. It still hasn't. And I'm using my moral compass to be able to do that. I need to be humble and selfless. I don't need him to be anything but exactly who he is. I don't need him to have the emotions I want him to have. I don't need him to do the things I want to do. I don't need to control him. None of that. We just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable in this scenario. So we communicated. I was transparent. We were honest. We went on a date yesterday. So cool. We're connecting in the face of adversity. Stress. Yesterday, I'm LJ's homeschooled, but he takes classes in the community. So I'm driving home from one of his classes, and I just start to get really sad 
because I'm driving home to this house of disarray. I want to just walk into my kitchen and I just want to sit in my kitchen table and I just want to eat my food at my kitchen table. I don't want to have to go into a basket that's in our room to get a plastic fork, to get a napkin, to bottle of water, to take it, to sit on a little ottoman. I just don't want to do all that. I just want to sit at the table. I want what I want. I want it now. And the tears, they come. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm sad. Why am I sad? What's happening? I'm feeling the feelings, in other words, guys. I don't need to re-regulate because my brain knows that that feeling will pass. So I've gotten past that point. So if you're at the point where you have to take cold showers or change your physical state pretty intensely, just know that you won't have to do those extremes forever because your brain will acclimate to the new stable way of being. So my brain has created those new neuronal connections. So I got sad. I felt the feeling. I attended to the thought by just watching it pass. I didn't judge it. I let it go. And I said, you know what? I'm going to choose joy. I have food to eat, right? It could always be worse. So I need to focus on the positive, remain optimistic. I also was aware we were listening to an audiobook, My Side of the Mountain. This is a pretty great book. So we're listening to the audiobook. I was also aware that I'm in the car with my child. I need to get it together. I'm not going to sit here and fall apart in front of a child that needs stability. So I got myself together. Is that harsh? I don't think so. My job is to protect him. My job isn't to protect myself. Not when you choose to be a parent. So that was another thing that drove me. I also have spirituality. So I'm being positive. I'm praying. I'm sending positivity out into the universe. And that's how I do it. There is no end in sight to this whole thing. Not yet. Like I was saying earlier, we do have a promise of someone coming out today. And when that person arrives, I will believe it because this is another individual who hasn't been loyal to their word. But we're doing things differently this time. And we're really trying to push through and figure it out. But at the end of the day, External chaos in my home over a long period of time means nothing. It's my internal stability that means everything. Remember that personality is temperament plus character development. So even though I'm intense and hyperbolic, I have a stable sense of who I am. I have 10 core values that guide my choices and my behaviors. And when I feel myself getting to the place where things aren't really all working out or I'm having negative thoughts or I'm feeling like I want to fall into a dark place, I go to my core values and I say, okay, what are they? Integrity, honesty, loyalty, courage, self-discipline, forgiveness, joy, Selfless service, humility, kindness, and above all else, love. Leading with love. Leading with love. So if you are listening today and you're in the midst of disaster or of adversity, or if you're just doubting, 
that recovery is solid. If somebody has told you that you'll always have the dysfunction of borderline personality disorder and you should put band-aids on it. If you heard that moral compass episode and you're in recovery and you've been doing good for so long, but you just all of a sudden are starting to feel empty. This episode is for you. List out your core values. Keep them somewhere where you can actually see them. Remember, you have to program that stuff into your brain. You can't just tuck it away, especially the way that we can disconnect. I have got to have that on my phone, especially during these times, so that I can look at it. You guys always have your phone, right? Or your laptop, iPad. Go back to the basics. Look at that. Choose who you want to be. How do you want to represent yourself in the world? If you're feeling empty, can you choose joy? What fills you up? If you're feeling like you doubt recovery, what are you doubting exactly? Have you tried? Have faith. Have faith that if you engage in stable character development and you know who you are and you're convicted in what you want, that you're going to be okay because you're providing your own stable ground to stand on. You're giving that to yourself. You're choosing that for yourself. So what moral compass values, what core values are you going to choose to work on? What gratitude practice are you going to put in place so that you can ensure that you are training your brain, retraining your brain, to focus on a new narrative, a new template of optimism, of honesty, of strength, of tenacity. Instead of making choices based on impulsive emotions, tell yourself, I'm literally going to look at my core values. I'm going to take them out and I'm going to look at them. And for this week, make your mantra, I will not be formed by feelings. I will hold fast to what is true. I will continue to walk the path of becoming someone who knows exactly who they are. And I will be the same person that I was yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Thanks for listening. That was From Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeetersstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, we're going to continue our eating disorder series. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So, 
If you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful, hope and help for individuals with BPD.